Welcome cool. to The Summoned, a podcast dedicated to the Judgment Eternal Champions miniatures game. Tonight, I'm your host, David Coakley, a.k.a. Fabius Bile in the Discord. And with me tonight, I actually have a special guest, Robbie, a.k.a. Eternal Robbie from the Discord. How's your night going, Robbie? I'm pretty good. Just getting home from work and was able to get some Judgment in this weekend. So, you know, having a good day. Yeah. I, I was going to say, we've been uh, definitely getting a lot of Judgment in the last couple of weeks, it seems like with all these tournaments that uh, Tirith has been hosting. Yeah, the uh, the regular Game of Week's been nice, and you know, I, I'm always on the looking for game channel, scavenging for games. So. Yeah, I see that quite a it's bit. It's nice to be able to get you know two, two, two or so games in a week. Truthfully, I wish I had a little bit more time to get more games in. <laughs> Hopefully soon, though. Yeah, we have different phases and you know, yeah, things ahead. in real life interfering. But. Oh, yeah, things always seem to interfere somehow, right? That's what real life's for. So first, let me say thank you for taking time out of your busy day, obviously, to come and talk on the, the podcast with me. We really appreciate everybody who's willing to come and, you know, do that because obviously we're all part of the community of Judgment and that's what makes it so awesome. And without the community, obviously, we as the Summon Podcast wouldn't have an audience. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, I mean, I I love hearing and consuming Judgment content, so glad to be a part of this. And you know, I've been trying to throw some recordings of my games up in the the podcast channels not with any high production quality or anything but i just figure you know more content is content yeah let, let's people you know even at bare minimum right it lets people watch a game in full action and um in that aspect it even lets some of these newer players who are just jumping in who are maybe doing threes for the first couple of times right they have some fives games they can look at which is really nice because then let's be honest jumping from threes to fives it's a totally different beast isn't it yeah for sure i mean the amount of combinations of activations that you can do it can be kind of mind-boggling as you open up your you know each round you know it's it a little easier as you activate heroes <clears throat> but yeah i i really i watch a lot of games too you know i'm just you know if i'm farting around on the computer and i've got got time and i see someone in the in the look the uh, voice channels i'll hop in there but um, you know, watching Zor's streams are nice because, you know, ju Judgment's a long game, so it's kind of nice to be able to put it on, like, 2x speed and kind of consume that same amount of content in a shorter amount of time. Absolutely. Uh, and I know I'm going to I'm gonna talk about one of your more recent games because I know it came up the other night, and uh, that's the one against Old Two Legs that you just recently had, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, sure. For right now... I want to introduce a new segment, and that's Creature Corner. You know, in this one, I want to talk about our current hobby projects um, within the Judgment universe and, you know, what's coming up on the, the block for us, painting, building-wise. Because, obviously, the Kickstarter is done. We're getting the Pledge Manager here hopefully soon. Um, and with that being the case, here, what, in about, well, we're in September, so here in about four or five months... They're talking we're going to have our hands on new judgment models, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of a lot of glue on our hands. Right? Um, a lot of glue on our hands, a lot of cuts from getting those models built. So, um, well, since you're the guest, Robbie, let's let's kick it off with you. Um, what are some of your recent projects you've, you know, finished and are going to be working on here in the near future? Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, I'm not a big hobby guy uh i mean i mostly get in the game for the the rules and you know the kind of competitiveness of it um but 
you know, at the beginning of COVID, I, I did a ton of painting. Um, so I figured it was kind of a great opportunity, stuck at home, knocked out a bunch of my V1 models. And then, uh, you know, a little shocked when the announcement came out that they were recasting all the models. So that definitely set me back for a bit. Um, I recently finished painting Kane, uh, who I posted up in the, the painted minis channel in the discord. Um, that's probably the first model I've painted in like eight months or something. It's okay. been a while. Well, I gotta say Kane looked gorgeous. Um, for all of our listeners, if you haven't seen that Kane, I definitely highly recommend going and checking out that Kane model in the painted minis channel. Um, and I know we've kind of talked about this one privately, but I, I, I want to ask it out here where everybody can, you know, hear it. We've all seen Kane and we understand that he's kind of supposed to be this, you know, representation of a, I don't know, as some people would say, a Warhammer 40,000, like corn demon and such. Right. And they're the blood letters right. and those are so always so red. Um, you went, that like teal super aquamarine kind of blue color. And, and I even got to admit when I first saw it, I was like, huh, that's interesting. But as I looked at it more and I, you know, went through your photos that you posted of it, the color really grew on me. Uh, what, you know, what was your thought process for going that route? Uh, so I, I, Never played 40k. Um, I'm not super into the the theme that kind of the corn demons have. Um, I did play fantasy, uh, Warhammer Fantasy, and so I, you know, I've seen my fair share of demons. Uh, it's a really popular army in Warhammer Fantasy. For you know, it's it's almost like the Space Marines of, of Warhammer Fantasy. Um, and so I I didn't want you know there's seven demons that got released. I didn't want them all to be maybe I have that count wrong six or seven. I think I didn't seven. want them all to be the same color. Um, so I'm sure I'll go to the, you know, go back to the normal expected color for the next model. Um, Ashel's the the one other model I have on hand right now because um, I uh, I picked up those those two Kane and Ashel early on. Uh, so I'll probably do him in red, but you know I just wanted to do something different and uh, thought about going green, um, but I I mostly paint in contrast paints. And so I kind of looked back on the models I have done in contrast paints and looked for, you know, what, what might be a good alternate skin color um, that I think came out well in kind of, you know, a single coat. Cause like I was telling you before, I, I don't really highlight. Um, I'm kind of a one and done kind of person. So, okay. And I went back and I looked at my Vujasha, who obviously this, uh, this kind of teal scheme fits a Vujasha pretty well. It's very, very aquamarine, as you say. Um, and I liked how that looked. So I just went with that, you know, they, I painted the skin first, you know, it's kind of painting inside mm -hmm. out and it certainly was not looking too great. <laughs> I was doing it. I contemplated, uh, just repriming and, and going back over it, but, uh, powered through and I think it, think it turned out okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, obviously wasn't my favorite initially, but the more I've spent time looking at it, the more I'm like, yeah, I dig that. It's, it's really nice that it's. Um, very different, right? And one of the things, yeah. let's be honest, doing any type of, if you want to do special effects paints, or say you have, because uh, Kane has that special version of Kane that has the person on the base with him, right? If you want to do any special yeah. effects that are blood-oriented, um, doing that on a red 
skin tone, it, you're going to have to do something to really work at that and separate that out to make that noticeable. Whereas that's one thing I got to say with your cane that I'm very, I, I'm, I looked at that and I was like, oh, that would be so cool because you can really get in there and do blood effects and they'll look really good now because they're going to bounce off that nice bright color that you've got. Yeah, that would that would pop. That's a good point. Um, I do have that blood for the blood god stuff, and I I think I've only used it on my my V1 Thorgar and, and Brock. Mm -hmm. uh, worked really well on Brock, so um, I might have to try it out at some point. Maybe I'll let I'll wait until he's actually got a couple of kills on the table before I throw those on there. That that makes sense. Uh, you gotta get your battle generally, generally, I think I just think it's super helpful to for me when I'm painting to look at a couple different examples of mm -hmm. painted models, and so. Um, I've every one of my models that I've painted, I put up in the discord server, um, just to kind of you know, pay it forward. Uh, cause I, when I was painting my V1 models, I would often just go in there and search for the game of the hero and get like, you know, three or four models to compare to. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not, not throwing it in there as, as a great paint job. Like I said, it's, it's basically just a coat of contrast on every part of the model, but it'll give someone else another point of reference for like, Hey, what is, what is that? Like, is, should that be a different color than than his skin? I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's, his his armor. Um, oh, go ahead. I I was thinking his armor, just looking at the model with no paint on it, that it was plated. But uh, yeah, after I looked at it closely on um, it was genuine, genuine. So it was one of the one of the guys who does some commission paint work for for the Gunmeister guys uh, mm -hmm. had a a photo of King done on twitter and I, I looked at his kneecaps and stuff i was like oh that's skin okay so anyways yeah. hope that helps people out in the future what, yeah. what have you got going on well i mean on my table right now i'm actually working on a cradle for a buddy of mine um he was totally lost on what to do on her and so i was like well since you're totally lost why don't you you know hand her over to me and i'll i'll work my magic on her because I'm really, really good at painting um, in a horror-esque theme. Like, I have a Hoxa who has, uh, whose whole color scheme, other than his hair, is very reminiscent of the clown from It, because that's where I pulled my inspiration from. Even has the white face mask with all the tattoo work, you know, and everything. Um, and so oh, wow. he was like, <laughs> yeah go ahead take her and so i've been working on her and i'm trying to do kind of a krognar theme on her so like instead of the nice bright browns and stuff that you would see on a lot of the minotaurs and the bulls and stuff like that i'm doing more of uh like that dark blue tone so it's almost like she's coming out of the shadow as the shadow hunter would to take down her target right to then reabsorb back into the shadow um, yeah, and and I really yeah, that like, sounds really cool. I really I like doing things with my models because um, I know I posted my uh, Donnie that I did from V one in the Discord a long while back, and I got him in like mid stone form. So like his lower half of his body is full monochrome grays and everything, and then his upper half is actually in colors. Um. Because I really, that was, you know, that's, it's an iconic thing that you think about when you think about Donnie. And so when I think about Cradle, I think about her use of Shadow Wraith and Shadow Orbs and all, just that shadow play. It's kind of iconic for her. So I was like, okay, let's, 
let's do some stuff with her. Um, for my own personal workbench, though, uh, I'm actually getting ready to start working on Arya and Drelgoth. Um, two very different ends of that spectrum, right? Right. Where, where are you going with that? Well, I think um, I think Drelgoth. I, I don't want to go the typical just red skin tone on him, especially after seeing like your cane. That's kind of inspired me to look towards something else. Um, and so I'm just, I'm not sure what I'm thinking about for him yet. Now that I've kind of been thrown for a loop there, but Aria, I'm actually in the process of, uh, painting her up in natural skin tones, uh, because that's one of the things I do struggle with are, are my regular skin tones. So I'm really trying to mm-hmm. rough out that natural skin tone to her to make her just look like this you know, this gorgeous siren that she's supposed to be. And then I'm working on doing a fade effect on the, the monster part of the worm or whatever, um, to where it fades from like a blue to a green. So it almost looks like it could do this shimmer camo effect into the shadow and out. Uh, and so they're, they're kind of what are on my workbench right now. But like I said, I, I'm looking for a little bit of inspiration at this point for Drelgoth to just jump out of the ordinary. And I actually may take a tone from you and go, I may do this Drelgoth um, in kind of that teal aquamarine color or some sort of brighter like green maybe even. Just something that can really, you know, I think I guess in a way it's almost funny thinking of Drelgoth as in a way like Hulk smash. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's pretty he's pretty muscular yeah he is um, I, I i think i might try out orange on my drill goth nice um, might be a little too much uh I'd, I'd have to lean away from the fire theme outside of that but uh i think that could be cool yeah like i said i don't i don't think i want to do more more than maybe one or two guys in red uh and Ashel, i don't actually i don't love the model that much i, I don't don't mind wasting the uh the red on him right that makes sense. So, uh, if Ashel's up next, now I'm going to ask the really important question, right? Which is when the Kickstarter comes out, um, who who's going to immediately hit your table, get built, primed, painted, ready for you know tabletop play? Because obviously, it's going to be coming. Yeah, for me, I mean. You know, aside from the fact that I'm probably just going to want to build a bunch of stuff right away, <laughs> just to get the core <laughs> models in that I play a lot, uh, it's it's probably dangerous just because I I find her putting in putting her in almost every list. Uh, she's just so good, so that's that's who I'm going to go. You know, if I I'd largely just prioritize it based on uh, almost like a population count amongst all my warbands. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I went went that route, then you know, Thorgar's got to get in the mix, Lug Drug. Um, just seeing a lot of those those folks in across my warbands. Yeah. How about you? You know, I think um, I think for me, I th- uh, it's really hard to say, but I think if I had to lean into one, it's probably going to be at the time when that happens. That's when Kane will get pulled out of the pulled out of the box right away, done. Um, because Kane is. Like he's become kind of my my V two boy because while I love the, yeah. the Fazil sculpt right for the new Fazil, um, 
it doesn't have the same feel that the original Fazil sculpt had for me, if that makes sense. But the other one who may get the initial like pull right out of the box is Kogan. I love the rework that they're doing on Kogan. And ever since I yeah. played one of the uh, beta games with him, like early on in the beta before it was released to everyone, and I was forced to use Kogan in my team, um, that forcing me to do that is what made me really fall in love with Kogan and really appreciate him more. So it, it's really a tie, I think, between Kane and Kogan as to which one will hit my my painting table first. But they're both going to be there very quickly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, those are those are great choices. Kogan, I was starting to fall in love with him before he got the those kind of late late buffs in mm-hmm. the test. Um, he is awesome rules wise, and that that model is really cool too. I, I really like his V one model too, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I might have to weigh that honestly. I mean, in reality, I'm probably going to build the things that I don't already own V1 models of first, right? Probably. I mean, that that can, totally makes sense. We can still still play our V1 models uh, with the with the new mats. I I've done it. Yeah. I I don't love it because I tend to mosh pit too much, and they start to get uh get all you know have to turn around to fit them in the right spots. But uh, you know, it's it's still great that we can use those models. Oh yeah. And I mean, it, it's great to, um, you think about it, right? From this point forward, those models are effectively collector's items. And imagine two, three years from now showing up to an Adepticon or a Warfare Weekend or, you know, whatever tournament, right? And here's a bunch of vets who bring their, their version one models. The, the new guys at the tables are going to be like, whoa. Especially if, like, yeah, that's, this is my throw to cool. uh, to Wonky here, right? Especially if you're a Minotaur guy who's going to play Minotaur Gruel. Dave said he's going to bring all of his old Minotaurs. They're all much bigger than the new ones. We know this. That will be a force to see on a table and just make people stop and look and give some awe to, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be cool, but. I, I mean, my my personal aesthetic choices, I, I like keeping them at the same scale. So, you know, yeah. I, I kind of appreciate the fact that it will be more rare as time goes on. I think uh, I think the new the new scale looks really good um, when they're argue. when they're all on the table like that. Yeah, you can't argue with the new just from the video, the videos I've seen, you know, for a couple of games that the GMG guys have gotten to stream and some of those really well produced videos that uh that creature pastor peter was on i can't remember the name of that youtube channel but those were awesome too yeah um the the new scale is fantastic like while i love my v1 stuff right because i own every model from v1 um I, i'm really glad that i i kicked in at the uh the high the super high pledge right i think it was what the new gods pledge um right i'm, I'm really glad i you know, I just kicked it in there because I really do love this game so much that I'm willing to buy all these models again at their smaller scale. And I just look at the big ones and go, all right, you're my project now when I want to take a break from, like, here's my tournament list I'm getting ready to paint for Adepticon, right? I need a break from painting that. Let me go to a V1 model. I'll break out the big scale. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I think I, I painted probably... I don't own the whole line like you do, but I probably painted like 25 or 30 of them. So 
that's I'm, pretty close. I'd almost be out of models at this point. So <laughs> I'm also, you know, honorable mention to uh, Inferno. I really like that that yes, new model. That new Inferno be cool to assemble. Be sick. Uh, you, you got super happy you. about that guy. Thank you for the honorable mention on that. That is a very good point. That new model is going to be awesome. I'm so happy that we hit that. Yeah, and I the new gods pledge where you just get every monster now is that's awesome. Yep. And I I didn't think it would be. I almost felt like it was overkill because my, I mean my local group was like I think five or six of us that mm -hmm. backed in, and uh, most of those guys went new gods, but. You know, I thought we were going to have way more monsters than we need, but with some of these, like, three and four monster maps with, with the random monsters, and there's no limit on, you know, you can have three Infernos spawn. I think it's it's going to be nice. Yeah, it, it definitely adds some uh, some randomness to the game, right? Well, yeah, let, yeah, Let's sure. utilize that as our segue to get into the uh, Judgment Events talk, you know. Obviously, this month going on, we're already into the final... Uh, the final setup for the September's threes and fives league. Um, and in fact, um, you and I played week two of the fives league. Um, and that was, I, I gotta admit, Robbie, that was an interesting hell of a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a fun one. Um, I, they're, they're almost a blur. I'm glad we recorded that one. Uh, cause I played my, my, round three game like the next day yeah <laughs> and both of both of those games were a little little on the longer side so a uh, little little fried on on the details yeah and and, and that's feel free I'm to test away I, I give you props man because I, I will be honest i'm not a big uh i like doing the time clock thing um i can force myself to do it if i have to but it's not one of my favorite things to do, right? If I'm playing this, I kind of just want to enjoy it myself. But I un I also respect the un and the understanding of it. This is tournament play. Time clocks are a thing, um, and that it's just something that you have to deal with, right? But uh, yeah, so let let's talk about our game a little bit, you know, very very quickly here. But um, obviously. You came out ahead and won it five to, it was five to three or five to two. I don't remember what it exactly ended up uh, being. Now you're going to make me look at the, re the results. Uh, round two. Eh. <laughs> Either way. It yeah, it was uh, five, five, three. So, five three. Yeah, it was okay. a close one. So it was still a really close one. And we had a couple moments in there where that game went back and forth between us. The team that you had, which is actually the team we're going to talk about in the dojo talk here in a, just a couple minutes as well, that team, man, you you know what you're doing with that team. I, I give you complete props because there was no way. I mean, I had to like pull out a lot of tricks with my team to really make that happen. And like I know um, one of the biggest highlights for me, that, and it was a lesson, was the fact that I, you pushed me into a corner where I was forced to abandon fighting a Terra that was coming at me, not even thinking about the fact that it was going to throw a rock at my effigy, right? Yeah. So, so massive props to you on that because I totally spaced it when I walked my Donnie away from that. And as soon as Terra threw that rock, I knew I was dead in the water. 
Yeah, and I, I'm not going to take credit for for predicting that Terra was going to eventually get to your effigy, but I mean, I think that kind of what when, when does that usually happen? Like round three is when the monsters come back. Yeah, round three is and when they come back. I I tend to try and like stay away from the respawn models that are going on my opponent's side and and just make them fight that. Um, I mean, I'm dealing with the same thing on my side, but it's just. Yeah, I've I've got I've been getting a lot of work out of monsters this this league. Yeah, at, at least because of how many monsters are on these these maps. Well, and and so that I mean that their terror was a thorn in your side because he I think originally was able to engage Zim so, and then Zim swapped Donnie in. Yeah, so, and then Donnie got thrown. Yes, originally that terror was a was a threat, and the worst part about it was when I finally like I made the decision I was going to deal with it right. Um, just like the Kanukamara, I got it to a point where it was low, but then I couldn't finish it because I, some of my dice just didn't roll super well. And it ended up giving you a couple extra monster kills. And as soon as that happened, I was just like, oh God, I'm, I'm fighting from a behind standpoint already. I don't need this to be any more behind. And yet it, it just seemed like, you know, even though we were kind of staying step and step, it was almost like you were just able to keep that half step pace ahead of me throughout most of the game. And yeah. And I, I think something that like, I know the constant way has been talking about on the discord recently is having some, some thought as to how you're going to deal with monsters in your lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you have you have some concepts in in your head about how you're going to deal with that, but you know when I looked at your list, I I saw Thorgar as the main guy to deal with monsters and to and to really burst out damage. Yeah, and uh, and that's why I banned him. So uh, you know I I was left with you know Brock and Thorgar um, mm-hmm. after the bans. I think you banned Nias. Yep. Um, and so I I had two guys who could definitely deal with a monster if they were forced to. And I, I think that's that's something to to have. It's really nice to have that in your warband with with the kind of monsters we've seen. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I had I have some plans with my list, and I'll admit my my list is not as aggressive on the you know melee aggressor side as it could be. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit afterwards. My my list is very shenanigan heavy heavy, right? It's very focused on who can do what, what movements can be had, setting things up, which the big thing there is it just allows so much repositioning. And unfortunately, those monsters for me on that map just posed such a threat to me that I couldn't use a lot of that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the the way it played out with the table state. You weren't able to, like, have Arya doing, doing her sweet allures into, into a Terra and whatnot. Um, yeah, kind of didn't get to live the dream with her like like you want. No, did you have a highlight from there that you you know that you remember specifically? Yeah, from there. I mean the the craziest thing that happened in that game, in my opinion, is when Piper. Uh, I had I think I had like a two silver Kier on the shrine, uh, who'd been brought lowest. Uh, I think he'd just taken a couple couple points, but. Um, then Thorgar was sitting on like one hit point, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you you had Piper there. You missed except out of engagement um, of maybe a monster or something. Mage hand to kill Thorgar, do the last point to him, and you get pushes that get you to engaging Rakir uh, with the staff of Gruul, 
and that allowed you to get the two attacks you needed to kill Rakir. And so I lost two heroes and two souls uh, in in that single activation. And man, that was I didn't see that coming. That was that was a great play. That's right, because I remember actually when we had our communion phase that turn, just prior in the prior communion phase, the Inferno had killed your skull. Because you ended up saying it's the first game you've ever had to respawn three heroes in one phase. Oh, that's right. I this game actually uh broke my like own internal rule. Not not necessarily a rule, but like in nearly every game I've ever seen, if you if two heroes die, uh and you don't kill another hero in response. I, I figured the game is over. Um, I can't remember what how many heroes you respawn that turn, but it couldn't have been more than one. And I somehow managed to to peel a victory out with three heroes coming back in one turn. That was that's not something I'd ever seen before. Yeah. Um, well, and the victory ended up coming the turn after, and that's that's what did it is the fact that I was able to get the. I was able to push you down off, but I didn't have enough left over in the tank per se with my models and where they were at health wise to be able to push forward and uh, yoink the soul that was on that bottom side. So I had to wait for the soul to spawn yeah. next turn up top, which is what gave me that third soul. Cause otherwise I was going to uh, yoink that, that soul down on the bottom and prep for the one up top, grab that and head for the one that was coming from the right side afterwards. But it just, I just didn't have enough in the tank with the team. So, um, so that, yeah, it looks like I'm, I'm rewatching that, that one crazy turn with Piper. And, uh, yeah, I think you, you only had to respawn one hero. Dendrous had died that turn and I lost skull Rakir and four cards. <laughs> That's crazy. And just to note that turn that Gendrus died, she died with two souls on her. Yeah, yeah. That so that was, was a that was a big swing turn. Yeah. That was huge. You, you came out okay. So you lost you lost Gendrus with two souls. I lost a Rakir with two souls, but then your Piper gained two souls. <laughs> right. <laughs> At that point the, the game was the game was still looking fairly even, except the fact that the monsters were coming for you. Yep. Um I think it was that next, the same communion phase that I respawned three heroes. Uh, Arya got brought to two health and set on fire. And then Terra, um, I think Terra walked over and punched Donrigar or something. I, I think Terra so, yeah. just walked. Um, ha, ha, literally just walked and got set up on the outside of the forest. Oh, that's right. She couldn't see Donrigar around the forest. Yeah. So, yeah. So Terra just walked towards your effigy. That's when you like walked away with Dawn and then dun 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 terror came in and yep. and, and did her work on your so, FG. So. so Robbie, okay, so you played old two legs, um, and obviously that game went for three hours plus. Did you win that one? I did. I pulled that one out. Um I mean the the game was gonna be a fairly reasonable time, except uh that I gave I gave uh, old two legs a five die parting blow uh, on my Thorgar, who was charging his effigy to take it down, and he rolled the triple chess. Oh! So, so Thorgar got knocked on his butt, and he had a soul on him. So uh, ended up losing Thorgar there and a soul. So uh, it was a little bit of a reset on my side, and then I think I also I was able to kill another one of his models that maybe had a soul. I think maybe his San. So we both lost some souls, and we were both 
basically sucked back to our effigies. So it's just that that thing that can happen in a game of judgment where you you lose souls on both sides and then it sort of just resets the game. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that was that was a crazy game. It's uh, it is not a uh, easy list to pilot that uh, that old two legs has there. I mean, um, yeah. I, I banned his Kogan, and he ended up with. Uh, three models that don't have a melee attack, which makes it really difficult to control monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, it stay in Zim, uh, the Staryl. Yeah. And then Barney and don't remember his last one. Um, someone with a melee attack. <laughs> so Alan. Uh, he, he really made me work for it though. That um, he has Alan. Zim was able to level up really early. Oh, Alan Deer, Yeah. Um, Zim was able to level up early and get all the way to level three. And so he had tether on me, I think like two or three times. And that, that is a challenging ability to play around. I, um, I think I got around it once because I had killed a Canuck Mara and I had a, I had the rejuvenation scroll. Yep. So I was able to, um, heal, I think Naes who had the tether on her, um, so that she became higher HP than Zim, uh, which let me finish him off without killing mound model. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was that was a, a it felt it felt tight up until the end. Um, you know when the you know the Thorgar Triple J happened that reset things, and then uh, he was able to get get a couple souls on uh, on Barney, but then lost him, and it it sort of snowballed from there. Makes sense. So uh, let me ask you this: with the September Fives League, uh, right at the start of week the final week, right? They put up the names who were all the undefeated players. Was there any surprise in there for you? Uh, I don't think anything was too surprising. I mean, um, there's what four out of five of the folks who were undefeated are all V one players who've been playing the game for quite some time. I mean, one of, one of them is Tirith. So obviously he's, he's got a ton of games under his belt. Let's be honest. It's, it's Jeff he's really just bullying people into, you know, giving him the games. We understand, um, <laughs> you know, no, Tirith is a great player. Um, and I, I've played against him a couple times and I, he's handed me my butt each time so far. So, yeah, I, I don't remember if I've gotten a game off him yet. I think we played three or so times. Uh, and he, he always gives it to me. Um, uh, but so there's four, four of us are, are, you know, kind of veteran players i would say uh which i think is good it shows that the you know the games gives gives you an edge when you got some skill and you know what you're doing um but i did see you know rough turtle ones in there uh and he's relatively new you know i think he joined the discord a couple months ago and Mm -hmm. um i think i played played him twice now and he's uh he's a really good good opponent a quick grasp of the rules uh i like his list i mean he's, he's going uh thomas but he's not going all champs like I, I tend to um, like to see lists that, are, that make use of some non-champions because obviously that means they're looking a little outside the box and yeah. making a calculated decision as to you know picking models that they think will outweigh the the loss of the the effigy power or the item bonus. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's been pretty cool. Um, was there anything that jumped out to you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously. You know, I'm I'm very happy to see that the the four vets are up there because, like you said, that that does prove that skill still just outweighs, um, you know, dice rolls or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think overall 
you made a note here that three of the war bands that are three out of the five of them that are for the uh, players are all Krognar. Um, one is Thomas and the other is Bruellen. To me, that uh, that is hilarious because I remember in the initial uh, some of the initial beta talk that I had with some people and seeing some of it. People were saying that, you know, uh, Bruellen, once you learned how to fight that counter, you know, that charge turn and stuff, Bruellen would never be, like, top god. You wouldn't see them in an undefeated area. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself going, that counter charge, you can use that as just a literally, you know, an iron bat that you're just holding going, go ahead. Mess up once. All I have to do is get two charges, and I don't care beyond that if you use it right. But I'm not. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think you need. Cars. It it is one of those powers that can just go crazy if you get. I've I've just been absolutely tabled um, before, where you know I I just played into it terribly, and you know my opponent got like four effigy charges on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you can just hold it. I mean, I, all you got to do is wait for one model to come engage you, and then all of a sudden you you kill it with such higher odds uh with that extra attack yeah it's just crazy um i am um, I, I do i don't think the three krognar is anything to be alarmed to get about or anything i mean no. it's you know kind of small sample size but um yeah, yeah i mean krognar is a strong god uh but yeah it could just as easily have, have been you know any other gods i, I don't think that's a, a pattern to no. to make note of just yet no I, I think seeing three krognar i was like okay that's not terribly surprising i've seen what krognar can do i think they were they were more popular too right i yeah. don't i don't have the constant ways charts in front of me but I, I know they were the most popular god this this go around yeah this go around krognar was the most popular so that's not really a big surprise at all um and i mean even speaking from our game right the turn that you pop the effigy power um i remember you popped it and we both just kind of ended up doing our own thing. And it was like, well, I mean, I guess that happened. <laughs> yeah. So it can, it, it's, it's been really difficult for me to play around when I'm playing against Krognar. I just can't get my mindset out of, Oh, they just made this late, you know, late turn charge with Rakir. I'm going to totally pile in on him next turn. And then, they pop it, and then I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I'm still, still adjusting to that. All right. Well, I think that's enough about some of the events. There's a lot of good, juicy talk there. And uh, obviously, from anybody who listens to this, we hope that you're willing to pipe up and tell us more of how you feel about that as well. Um, but now let's let's go to that segment that you know I, I introduced with Brandon on the show, and it's near and dear to my heart. Enter the dojo. Uh, and this is the part where we really, we break down, you know, usually I do the guests warband, right? And I thought tonight, Robbie, since you're the guest, let's do your warband that you're playing in your, in the September league. Cause, um, I think it's a really well thought out list, which is why I was like, I, I want to pick Robbie's brain about this and see what, what's going on. So Robbie, I'm going to let you <laughs> take it away here and introduce your list. And, uh, I'll ask some questions along the way. So yeah, the, uh, the God choice was Krognar. Uh, the champions were Rakir, Nias, Lugdrug, and Skull. And then I had three non-champions in Allendeer, Brock, and Thorgar. Um, the overall goal of the list was, oddly enough, to just kind of try out Allendeer outside of Ista or Torin. Um, 
I I thought he wasn't getting very much play lately and, and wanted to see him. And, you know, I started out with Tom- Thomas, actually, thinking that, you know, he might get some chip damage and the, the heals would be good from the Warband bonus. Mm-hmm. But um, after kind of working around with the list, and I never really kind of put in focus pieces for Alan Deere. He was just kind of there. Um, right. I was I was making changes, and I think by the time I got, I got to wanting like five non-champions in, in Thomas. And uh, and I was talking with the constant way, and he's just like, "What? Just play Grogar. I was like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> so uh, put it put in a, a couple swaps for for Krogar models, and and ended up with this. Um, all that said, I, my goal was a complete failure because I didn't play Allendeer in any of the three games. I I dropped <laughs> him in the first two, and then all two legs banned him. Um, okay. But it's just something I, I like to have one ranged model as an as an option in my list. Uh, ranged models are super good in V two, I think, to yeah give you an option to to kind of not not commit but do some meaningful work in a turn uh, early on. Okay. Um, so that's kind of kind of how I went about that that list construction. Okay, totally makes sense. Um, so now, when you start, do you when you start building a list, even for you know, fives, do you start with like the core three or what's, what's your main process when you're starting with that stuff? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's usually just about like, I, I've been playing for a while and I've got enough war bands kind of in my, my little war band table. I think I'm up to like, I've got like 12 of them in my, my current, current view here. Nice. Um, it, this point it's just kind of like i you know someone says something on the discord or i come up with some some idea pops in my head and i'm like oh i'm gonna try that so like you know the most recent one i have on here is i just i want to try saiyan with the ring of power and so like you know i start with saiyan and uh, obviously she's great in thomas and then you know if if i go you know a hero and then i pick a god then i might just throw in the the couple of heroes that i i know i like to take in that god like you know i think physios in my opinion essentially an auto include in thomas um, Rick here is pretty pretty far up there as well, so I'll throw those guys in there and and then build from there. Um, I have a pretty formulaic approach to orbent construction. Uh, if it's if it's veto, uh, I take two defenders, um, two kind of like supporty hybridy soulgazy models, um, basically models that'll do some things but also pick up souls, uh, and then uh, take three aggressors. And then in immunity, I just drop a defender for for another uh, aggressor. And when I say aggressor, I just mean a model that I can rely upon to damage things. Okay. Uh, Piper, right? I would fit into that that category. Uh, Kane fits into that category. It doesn't have to be a you know the old term for aggressor. So per se aggressor, but somebody who can who can, uh, like you said, dish out damage quite consistently. Yeah, someone who who could deal with monsters and can take down, you know, a, a hero from mostly full to dead, uh, you know, given the right circumstances. Yeah. So that's that is often a rule that I will stick to is those that kind of combination of numbers because it I've found that gives me the most balanced warband um, by the end of the band phase. Okay. And then uh, now. Obviously, I always like to ask anybody, now that you've had a chance to, you know, play your games and enjoy some time with them, um, anything you'd change about them with the models that are out currently? 
Like anything you'd change about this warband in particular? Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I still want to play with Allendeer some more, but I I do find that of the the lists I was running up against, uh, I feel like a Staril or Zim um, might have been better. Uh, just I think the Astarial is just so reliable that you can almost always get the, at least the two shots every turn, and then um, Zim. I think I've got enough good targets for for the swap move uh, that he he would be able to function fairly similarly. But if I had to do this league again, I I would just have dropped Allendeer for another um, melee person because the, there was just so many monsters that I I think that I would have uh, struggled to make good use out of them. I mean, I dropped him twice. So That's I, I think I did play... I might have played one or two games with Allendeer uh, against Clockwork when we were leading up to the league, mm-hmm. um, which was unfortunate because we, we played like two practice games against each other and then immediately got matched in the first round. Oh. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up dropping him after playing those couple practice games and, and not getting great work out of him. I, I would either use Skull or or if I was left with both Rock and Thorkar, I would just take both of them. Makes sense. So, all right. And then obviously the other question that I always like to ask is, so you've talked about changes you'd make with the models that are out currently. What about, you know, when per se we have the full range that we're all used to from the V1 side of things? Is there anybody you'd slot in there, um, slot into this list instead at that point from those champions that we don't have access to now? Yeah, I mean... uh... Yagrath would probably slot in over, uh, for Brock, I think. Okay. Um, other than that, I, my head's been kind of out of the, the unreleased models, so I haven't haven't given much thought there. No. Um, I do think that Yagrath would be would be great in this list. I I only got to play like two games with him um, before before they released the non test realm stuff that we're all playing on now. Gotcha. Uh, and I had a lot of fun with him. I think he'd be great. All right. Well, that, that makes a lot of good sense there. Um, and normally we would, you know, do a breakdown of, like, a warband that I played as well or something like that. But um, as I like to keep these roughly to about an hour for the podcast for people at home, um, I actually, I know, Robbie, you and I talked about this a little bit, and you're not, you don't do a lot of speculation and stuff, but... I love to think about what type of things are going to change. And I actually really want to talk to you about this one because somebody not going to name names other than creature caster, Peter, let a little bit of information slip on the discord about Maltique. Um, so yeah, yeah, I saw that. Exactly. And, and so I was like, okay, we obviously, you know, we're not going to say anything here in this section is confirmed. We know nothing about these models. Other than, you know, Guns has confirmed what kind of, per se, race they are, um, you know, and are they female, male, so on and so forth. Um, But I wanted to talk a little bit about the models that we've seen that their names showed up in the Vassal module. Um, For example, Maltique. She is a universal model. She can go in every god. Um, and I think that's great because we haven't seen that yet again since we broke into this into V2, right? Where the gods exist. Um, and then with what Creature Caster Peter said about it, 
I, I think that's a huge thing because they had to like, no, 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 stop. Don't you say another word, <laughs> right? I thought that was great yeah. that he's like, yeah, she she does some work for um, for like ranged people. I don't remember exactly where that was. Was that in the dojo? Uh, it's in the monthly league. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder what that means. I mean, Bastion's already doing so much work with them with uh, with adding dice. I mean, yeah. if she amps their damage, that could get crazy in Torin. I mean, I don't know if you've crunched the numbers on this, but if you roll perfectly, uh, Astario can one round a level one skull. Like, yeah. It's just crazy that, that she can put out that much damage. Yeah, it, it's scary and, uh, how much damage yeah. she can put out. And, like, that's one of the things that I, I still think to this day we haven't seen... Uh, we've seen really good Torn Warbands, right? But I don't think we've seen yeah. a like perfectly executed Torn Effigy turn where we watch just a couple of those freaking ranged models just decimate models. Um, and Because I don't think we've seen it happen yet because, let's be honest, while range is really good in V2 it can be really hard to deal with too, or like to actually put in a list and go, all right, I have to be aware of how my enemy's going to engage and how to stop that. Right. Because it is harder to stop. Yeah. I mean, board presence is still very, very real in, in V2. And so you lean too hard into the range. It's, it's tough to do, you know, to interact with all the elements of the board, the monsters, the shrines, the souls. Um, so that's, it can be a little bit of a, it, it feels like. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if, if Multi can can help get around that in some way. Um, I mean, she could. There's there's a million different ways you could help a ranged aggression list play the game. It doesn't have to be like amping up their damage or their their accuracy. So. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a ton of different ways. One, like I'm a I'm a huge video game player, right? And I play Destiny. One of my first thoughts is, what if you had the ability, for example, to in a way, set up a wall like Marcus does, right? Yeah. But it's like a two-inch high wall or whatever. So basically models that are even normal size can't walk over it. They have to walk around it. But your allies can see through and shoot through it. Yeah, it's, that that would be crazy. Right. Crazy good and hard to balance. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm not I mean, saying it's, it wouldn't be. That's right. almost like a better, uh, better gruel forest in a way. Right. And, and that's one of those things that I'm like, okay, that'd be a really kind of cool idea. How the hell do you balance it now? And that's why I, I don't envy Guns and Tirith, because obviously anytime they put something out, you know, they've got to look at it and go, how do we balance this? And how do we make this work? And then I don't envy Brandon or Bartlow, because those guys are the guys they toss it to and go, here, tell us what's wrong with it. Or what's right with it. It's like, oh, They've got a huge job to do. And, I mean, I don't envy those guys. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i personally most excited for the uh, the human vampire. I think, uh, I mean, Ramona's a cool name. Like, I just, I trust that they will make a really cool looking model. Uh, I hope it's like, hope it's like a really in your face kind of vampire. Like more battle vampire than like mage vampire. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm I, think that would be, I would love to be see awesome. um 
I, I, I'm right there with you, right? I'd love to see her as in your face. I'd love to see some sort of, um, in a way, I guess, lifesteal mechanic for her specifically that's a little bit better than maybe even the standard, like, Leech 1. Maybe she has Leech 2 naturally um, because she is an actual vampire. And I'd love to see a, almost as a duelist even. Like the whole yeah yeah reindeer. duel should be cool kind of like blood rain or something yeah um something along those lines and I I think I can't wait for her personally I've I've been an undead fan since the undead started coming I mean Fazil was the thing that made me go yes please all of them and Zim just piled onto it and then Cradle piled onto it and I was like okay I'm I'm all for this I would I'm the guy who would I'd pull up to a sevens game and run seven undead. I don't care that there's no way for me to get souls. I just do it because it's funny. Right? Um, yeah. And, and that's... I, I think the duel concept sounds cool, but we, we kind of have that in Cradle with the dual wield. So, I'd, I mean, I'd love to see, uh, I mean, a powerful, you know, female vampire rock around, like, rocking a claymore or something. That would be really cool. That, that would be sick. I would love to see that, too. Whether it's, you know, duelist... Because, obviously, when I think duelist, I don't think, like, the dual wield side of it. I think... The standard, like, fence. oh, yeah, like a yeah, yeah, like a rapier, okay, yeah, like an actual rapier, I get you. and that'd be cool like too. But whether it's you know, she's hulking this big old claymore, which would be cool as hell, too, all of that obviously is in speculation till we get to see some of that stuff. And I'm excited for it, right? I, I, I'm very excited for her. Um, now the other models that are that we know their names of are Yasmin, who is a human female. And then we have Asbrand, who's a dwarf male. Um, I know there was a talk a long time ago about some sort of like forge character. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's just, that's the only thing I can think of. From, right, lots of you know, rumors, previous rumors that make sense. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm kind of wondering if that's who this dwarven male is, maybe. Uh, and if it is, I'm really excited to see what they do with that because obviously, you have a character like that in um, it, it's yeah, League of Legends. You have the one who he can shop uh, without ever going back to the shop and. He has a special item for him with within the forge, you know, shop that he can buy, and it upgrades him. So I'm kind of curious to see what their what their thoughts are there, or what they're doing with this. And obviously, only time will tell. But it's definitely exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to glad to see they're working on you know, new heroes already, and I mean the fact that they're putting them on the god cards would make me think that they're not that far away i mean but my sense of time is totally thrown off by the, the pandemic right like i mean i think uh, our sense of time is yeah. definitely thrown off by the pandemic and i mean obviously i do yeah, i can't believe we're i mean we're in an ideal world we're only you know four months away from our kickstarter stuff showing up so right uh that that time alone flies. that alone blows my mind that we're only like four months away from that and even if it's not four months for me specifically, right? But four months for the first person to get their stuff. That's exciting because once it starts rolling out, 
it's not going to stop, right? It's it. We know that it's going to be slowly getting out to everybody at that point, which means the world's starting to get rolling again. For us, and for us guys who, uh, that want to do judgment and get it rolling again in real tournament space, that's when we're going to be able to do it, and it's it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I really. I missioned the conventions. I mean, I I went to like maybe three a year back when I was doing War Machine, and uh, I I started to slow that down because you know it's a little stressful with life and and uh, you know the wife and all that having to take care of everything while I was gone. But you know I would I'd love to get back to Warfare Weekend and, and play some Judgment and yeah you know, we got Attack X is not not super close to me but it's something that. Um, you know, some of my locals have been willing to make the drive up to, to Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that's actually pretty close to Creature Caster, from what I understand. So hopefully they'll have a presence there. I know they were there the um, two previous times I was there. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I know I'm already, I already have a room and stuff set up and ticket booked for, well, I won't say I have a ticket booked, but i um, Adepticon a couple years ago when they did the whole you could roll your ticket over or whatever. I did that. I let a, went ahead and just was like, guys, keep my money. I want to see Adepticon come back. You know, so I should be, hopefully if it goes down this year and actually happens, I should be at Adepticon this year. I'm excited for that. And when I say this year, this upcoming year, right? And then yeah. if that goes well and everything's working there, then I'm looking to be at Warfare weekend you know at the end of the year um so i'm excited because that just means we're all getting back to a point where we're feeling comfortable branching out doing this stuff and it's going to be great to finally you know see some of you guys' faces again <laughs> yeah were you were you at the warfare weekend that I was. they had the gene account last time yeah okay yeah we i i mean i've totally seen your face before i just don't know who it was because I was there. Um, I have. A, I think you and I might have played uh, third round. Okay. I think actually. Um, that is entirely possible. I think I played maybe like eight or so games, so I I do have trouble remembering everybody. And oh, some of the folks I know were newer players. Yeah, and um, I, I don't. I was a newer player at that point. I don't expect anybody to remember me exactly. You know. Um. But yeah, I mean that's that's where I got to meet uh, Alex for the first time. Uh, you know, Judgment Day Alex. That's where I got to meet him. I got to meet a bunch of those guys. It was the first time I got to hang out with uh, Tirith because I met Guns at Adepticon. So it was like, sweet, I finally met both the brothers. I can actually you know talk to these guys regularly, and obviously they have a presence on the Discord, which is a huge thing. So it, it's definitely something that's really nice where you can just reach out and be like, hey, I got some questions. Can I talk with you? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Get the engagement's awesome. Yeah. So, Anyways, I, I think that got yeah. sidetracked a little bit into the convention space, but yeah, excited yeah. about about all these new heroes. Yes. Um, did you have anything more to add on that? Um, you know, it, it, it's really hard to say uh, anything else if about abilities or anything like that because if you think about what kind of abilities we have in the game currently it's so hard to be like yeah it'd be cool if they had this one ability right we've already got so much I mean with 
Arya with having allure and uh, Nias having the ability to uh, seduce somebody, right? I think is what it is, or it's what is her ability? Yeah, it's one of her level ups. Yeah, yeah. And no, them no attacking me next activation. Yeah, so it's like, okay, what what are they gonna do to these? And that's really all I got on them is just it's exciting to see how each of these heroes, when they do come out, they change change the game, right? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know how they do it. I mean, they've they've been really good about consistently making rules that are uh, unique enough to have you know have an impact on the meta. I mean, the <clears throat> I was a little nervous with the demons getting announced because Creature Caster has so many of them that uh you know it would be a pretty large task to to introduce those all at the same time and and have them you know be unique and fun and i mean they, they totally nailed it i mean yeah i enjoy playing most if not all of them um i've had different favorites like over time since the start i mean like you i liked kane mm-hmm. uh right off the bat and then i, I started started heading towards misuzi and now now nias is kind of my favorite so <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. So I I don't know how they do it, but I I I'm confident that these these next couple models are going to be awesome too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. So, but at that at this point, we have reached our roughly about an hour time limit for people. So to everybody out there, remember, let us know if there are any future topics that you want covered, and uh, we are you know I'm hoping to get back to doing these fairly regular with both uh, Wonky and then doing some extras on my own with, you know, some of you guys out there that are playing in the games and such. Um, but, yeah, definitely let us know if there is anything specific that you want to have covered or you want talked about or, you know, even if you just want an episode to talk about, hey, how to build this is a warband that you have an idea for and you want to just shoot, you know, shoot a, some ideas about it. That's always something to do. And you can email us those ideas at thesummonpodcast at gmail.com. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. Um, or obviously you can ping myself or, uh, you know, Wonky Kong on the Judgment Discord. And then uh, for everyone out there, thank you for listening and let's portal on out of here. <laughs>